Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The championship season is over and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe. Welcome to another episode of White Wine Question Time, Something from the Cellar, our midweek mini drop that allows us to revisit some of our finest conversations. And seeing as we're well and truly on the countdown to Christmas now, today's drop celebrates three icons from Pantoland. Oh yes, it does. I promise no more of that. First up, it's the godfather of pantomime, Christopher Biggings. Landing his first role in a panto when he was just 16, almost 60 years later, he's showing absolutely no signs of stopping. Here he talks about his fondest memories on stage and the dazzling stars he's met along the way. I mean, even before you came to London, you'd already had an incredible apprenticeship in theatre due to working yeah. at the local uh, rep, which you adored and loved, didn't you? It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I mean, two weekly rep. I was on two pounds a week, heavily subsidised by my parents. <laughs> and I used to go out propping for the shows. And my parents would come and see the show. And there was more of their furniture and, uh, and belongings on the stage at Salisbury than there was in their home. Used to strip the house. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it was, it was, it was fantastic. And we had Stephanie Cole, who uh, was a wonderful actress, and she got me into Bristol Vic Theatre School, which I, I loved. So those early days, I was, four years were so good for me. And I knew what I wanted to do. I learned my craft. I did everything in those four years. It was wonderful. Oh, you really did. I mean, you, you, you took on every role imaginable or that you were able to get access to in order to learn yeah. your craft. Um, you write wonderfully about Stephanie Cole in your autobiography in the fact that she kind of blew your mind with her profanities. 
You weren't um, you weren't used to women using language like she used. <laughs> no, I remember we were doing a play and she had to walk down three steps and on each step she said, Fuck bastard shit. And I was it was just wonderful. I mean we all I mean none of us could believe what she was in, but she she did it and then, then she realized what she did and she laughed and laughed and laughed. I mean, it was, it, they, they were wonderful days, those. They were really wonderful days. She got you into Bristol Old Vic. That was yeah. quite a crew uh, that you studied alongside there. I mean, talk me through who, who you studied with, and, and they went on to greatness. Yeah, they did. We had the wonderful Simon Callow, and then we had Tim Pickett-Smith, who was, again, a wonderful actor. Um, and then he passed away. And then we had uh, another actor who um, I was best man at his wedding because he what it, what happened was he fell in love with a girl at drama school called Julie Hallam who was gorgeous and she was going to be a star she was going to be a really she was going to be so big it wasn't true and they got married this man and uh, and Julie and I was their best man. And I went on their honeymoon and surprise, surprise, the wedding only or the marriage only lasted a year. And in a year's time, I, ha I was there separating the presents between the two of them. <laughs> I then went on to introduce him to his now wife, which they're still together after many years and have two wonderful boys. Uh, but we never considered this actor to be really a star. He was good. He was good fun. He was lovely, lovely boy, but not going to be a star. And, of course, how wrong were we? Because his name was Jeremy Irons. He's won an Oscar. And, he, and went on to win Oscar. <laughs> I mean, honestly, talk about being robbed. He is gorgeous, and I still see him, and he's a lovely, lovely boy. And, uh, and, and But it, it was, it was a, 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 a true... And I'll never forget when we, we went on... I went on their honeymoon, and we went... He had a Citroen <gasps> 2... Can I just ask, why? Why did you go on their honeymoon? I don't know. They just said, would you like to come? <laughs> Did you not think <laughs> three might be a crowd? No, no, no. <laughs> I was so egotistical. I didn't think it, I just wanted to go on a holiday. So we, we went to Spain and we were in the Citroen 2 CV and I sat in the back and I'd never, I don't think I'd ever been abroad before. And I didn't know about sun rays. And when I arrived in Spain with the roof down of this car, the Citroen 2 CV, I was completely burnt from head to toe. <laughs> and they had to spend this first week of, our, our, of their honeymoon putting things on me, lotion. <laughs> As I lay, the, I, I lay in a bed and did nothing, it bring food to me. I was like an invalid. <laughs> it was hysterical, hysterical. Um, bed baths Jeremy Irons, it was wonderful. <laughs> and you also set him up with his second wife. Yes, Shanae Cusack. We were, I was doing a play called London Assurance uh, in the West End. And he was doing a show called Godspell, uh, playing uh, Judas uh, in Godspell. And uh, we, uh, we, uh, Shanae took over from, from Judy Dench. Uh, There's a lovely story about Judy Dench too, because I, because I was the youngest in the company. I used to collect if people were leaving for presents. And uh, Judy was leaving, so I went around collecting everybody, money from everybody. And in the head of the company was Donald Sindon. And I went to Donald, I said, Donald, tonight, uh, Judy's leaving, as you know, will you present her with her present? So he said, I'd love to. He said, but I've got someone coming to see the show tonight who might be slightly better than me. And he said, I'm going to tell you who it is, but don't tell anybody. So he told me, well, I couldn't. I was 
beside myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, uh, the end of the show came and we all went to Donald's dressing room and Judy was there and Donald made a speech. And he said, uh, Judy, Sally, you're leaving, but we've collected for something for you. And we, we couldn't just get any old person to present you with this. And he said, so we've got Princess Grace of Monaco. And in she came from his lavatory. And she walked in. Grace Kelly. Place. Yeah, Grace Kelly. She came in and, oh, my God, it was unbelievable. She was so beautiful. She was so gracious. She was funny. And uh, Judy Dench fell on the floor. She literally fell on the floor. I mean, it was just wonderful. Wow, wow, wow. And listen, that isn't your only blind date experience with the princess, is it? No. Are you referring to Diana? I am. And Liza. I mean, listen, as anecdotes go, Liza Minnelli and Princess <laughs> Diana, I mean, that's the most amazing set of bookends right there. I know. I was a, a good friend of Liza's. Um, and I'm sadly, uh, as the years have gone on, um, we've lost touch. Uh, there's a wonderful story. She was in the Ivy with David Guest, who she was about to marry. And uh, a friend of mine uh, called Petal, who was the most outrageous girl, woman, and a producer, uh, were in sitting next to them. Well, she couldn't, Petal was, couldn't believe her luck. She was sitting next to Liza Benelli. So she started a conversation. And eventually she said to Liza, she said, oh, by the way, Miss Benelli, we have a mutual friend. And Liza said, who's that? And she said, Biggins and Liza went, Biggins, Biggins, and turned to David Guest and said, that's the man I was trying to tell you about. And she turned back to my friend Petal and said, what's his first name again? <laughs> <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. I mean, poor girl. I mean, From I mean, hero to zero in one oh, sentence. Goodness. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. But I mean, it was, I mean, I, I've been, I, I spent three weeks in Las Vegas with her where she was doing a show. I mean, we had the most wonderful time together. Uh, and she, she was fantastic. I mean, you know, and still is. She's the greatest uh, solo female performer I've ever seen. I mean, you know, forget Streisand, forget uh, all the greats. I mean, she was, she could do everything. She could sing, she could dance, she could act. I mean, she was just wonderful. But the story, Brilliant. tell me if this is, if I've heard this right. But she, oh, calls, she, she calls you one, she's in London, she says, uh, come and see me, but can you escort a girlfriend of mine? Yeah, that's right. So we, she was doing a wonderful show at the Albert Hall. She said, come tonight and see the show again, and I want you to take a, a girlfriend of mine. So I went to the dressing room and we're laughing and having a, a, a drink, you know, a glass of wine or something. And then suddenly the door goes, there's a knock on the door and I go and open it. And standing there is Princess Diana, which is my date for the evening. And so we all have a drink and then they say to me, look, you, you, you can't go in with the lights up. So we will dim the lights in the auditorium and then you'll be taken to your seats on the front row of the uh, stalls uh, in the Albert Hall. So we were standing there for about five minutes. So I said to her, and I, I've met her once or twice before, but I mean, this was uh, up, on a very personal level. And I said to her, I've just seen that wonderful picture, Mom, of you and your boys on Britannia, and you have your arms outstretched and kneeling down, and they're running towards you. Mm -hmm. It's the most wonderful picture. She said, well, you've got to remember that they're the most important things in my life. And that said a lot. And then, of course, it became just the, the worst tragedy ever. 
And we were talking about this last night, funny enough. I mean, she still is the, one of the most glamorous women ever. I mean, she's out there with, every, with every, anybody. I mean, she's extraordinary and sadly missed. Next up, we have a triple threat, a national treasure, Bonnie Langford, a star of both the stage and screen. She talks to us about navigating Panto in COVID, her beloved dog that got her through lockdown, but be careful, don't mess with her or her dog for that matter. Now, I can never, ever imagine you losing your temper. Uh, but in 2019, we saw a little flicker of defiance when uh, you were shouted at in a pret-a-manger. And I don't know if you remember this, oh, but yeah. you tweeted. Yes. You tweeted, I've just been shouted at in hashtag pret-a-manger, Bromley, for taking my dog in while uh, I get a coffee to take away between shows, which is a thing I've done for the past five weeks, twice a day, every day. People say be kind, but they're not. Just rude. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I was so done. I was so done. Because I cannot bear people being rude. I just can't bear it. Oh, yeah, I am angry. I get angry. Road rage, I'm bad. You know, I will shout at people. I'd love to see you pulling my obscene hand gestures in the car. But actually, that really juxtaposed itself with what I'd read about you. Because before that, I read repeatedly that you were a self-confessed, people-pleasing, non-confrontational person. So I wondered, Mm -hmm. when did you... Mm-hmm. Learn to start speaking up yeah. for yourself, and why, and, and when else have you had to kind of stand your ground? Well, I, I am absolute people pleaser. Uh, try not to be so much, but if somebody, uh, it takes a lot. It takes an awful lot, and my my real bad rage is when I go very quiet. <laughs> That's the worst one. I become terribly. Your silence is deafening. I, well, I, I speak very quietly, and I come up with an awful lot of facts. And I will not be. I, it's just if somebody is unfair or rude or basically wrong, I will. And I'm not listening to reason. I. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. So what happened in that situation was that I mean I was tired as well. I was tired. I was so tired. I was so done anyway. But so I was doing this pantomime in Bromley, and it had been really difficult because of um, the Omicron. Uh, part of COVID. Variant, and basically, yeah. yeah, that variant. We basically, we had, there, I was the only person who did every show. We had people going down with, with uh, the virus all the time and it was so difficult to keep open. And it was literally like a revolving door of people just, amazing people just coming in, learning a show in a day and going on and doing it or going on with a script or we literally had at one point, there were 11 out of 15 of us just suddenly went in a day. They, everybody had got it. Um, and so it was impossible. It was impossible. But the thing that was keeping me going was not only my little dog, but also I would go in before the first show and the second show, nip into prep, get a coffee, or Starbucks. They're very, they're very dog-friendly. Uh, or Starbucks, and go and, get my, and go and get a coffee and come out. And I went in this one day, as I was always... I was standing in the queue, just waiting to get my coffee, and this guy, but who I hadn't seen in there before, one of the staff, shouted at me from the other side of the c- counter and said, "You can't bring that thing in here." Well, that's two okay, two red rags to a bull. First of all, you don't shout at me, you don't shame me in public, you don't shame anybody in public, and that thing is my dog. So 
It's like a child. <laughs> Very she dare is, you. <laughs> she is like a child. You do not talk to my dog. If you talk to me like it, I'd probably be fine. <laughs> Red mist comes down. I go, and I laughed. Actually, I laughed. Because I thought he was being funny. Well, I'd been in there every day. I hadn't seen this person. But I'd been in there every day. I went, oh, that's funny, isn't it? And bearing in mind as well, I've got my hair in pink curls, big hat on, full stage makeup. And so it must have been between shows. It was between shows. And I just thought, you're having a laugh, aren't you? I'm, I'm here every day. And, um, and also, funnily enough, at the beginning of the um, run, I had looked on the, checked on the door that they allowed, there was no sign saying no dogs. Nothing, no, guide dogs only, nothing like that. And I, as I say, they had no one had ever come up to me and said, you can't bring this dog in here. And Pretz, apparently, they're, they're, it's, it's to do with the managers or whatever. They, they, will, they will allow dog, they are dog friendly, depending on whoever decides it. It's, very, it's a little bit of a grey area, but they are not anti-dogs going in there. And I'm completely, I don't think that anybody should put up with anybody else's in, that any, anyone should be imposed with whatever anybody else wants. It's not, oh, it's my right. No. Okay, if they don't have dogs in there, absolutely fine. That's fine by me. But the fact I'd been in there every day. Um, and then he shouted at me and then he went, is that on the door? I went, it isn't. I went, show me. So I got this man to tell. So he came to the door. I said, where's the thing? Oh, they must have taken the sign down. I said, there's no sign because there isn't a sign because it's not your policy. Oh, you can speak to the manager. If you and this was so public. And I am not... A public I don't like to be like that I don't like to be blamed and shamed I also don't like people to go don't you know who I think I am I'm not interested in that uh he was just downright rude he's downright rude and he was wrong and it just got my goat oh, I just came back like and the fact is is that everyone's all oh be kind be nice be lovely okay just be real we have anger <laughs> in. we we are allowed to be anger anger can be a positive thing um, but that just, whoa, no, thank you very much. And he was wrong. And the manager came and, but nobody ever really apologized to me. There was some bloke, except for the fact that while I was standing there, I said, I'm just getting my coffee and I'm going. And while I'd been having this confrontation with this guy, which I hated, one of the staff had made me my coffee and put it on the top. I didn't even have to ask for what I normally have because they, they knew I go in there every day. So why did they <laughs> give me a cappuccino? If they didn't know that's what I had every day. It was just, I was so angry. I was just so, I can't bear it when people, and I'll do that to other people as well. On If I see, you know, I try and be very quiet, but I will always see reason. I will always try and be polite. But if, it, if, you, if you just tip me that one bit too far, no, I will not have unfairness. I will not have unfairness. If people are wrong, they need to accept it or at least discuss it. It was just the way it was handled as well. It was just so... I was steaming, steaming, and I just understand. <laughs> I'd it. love to have. I mean, I would. I would love to see you lose your shit. I really would. Oh yeah. And I just wondered: has there been a time where you've had to actually kind of throw your shoulders back, chin up, and say something that you felt was I'd rather not, but I've just got to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's that. It also, you know, Mumzilla. We'll all turn into Mumzilla if we think our child is being treated badly. Um, yes, that will happen. I will always go for a reason and I will always try and check that I'm right before I start going, you're wrong, I'm right. Um, I will always try and say, you know, let's deal with this. But yeah, of course I have. You can't survive otherwise. You can't be a complete sap. The world's too tough. And there's times when you have to turn around and go, enough, you're wrong. Oh, we went, we went once to um, 
Disneyland Paris. This is quite a funny long story. So we went um, we went to Disneyland Paris and I wanted it. It was the first time that, that BB, my daughter, was going to go to Disney. And I wanted that moment. You know, that just that face where you just, yeah. you'll never get it again where they go and they just see it and the magic's in their eyes still. And, and I, I think I was going to be working or something. I said, well, let's just nip there quickly. And so I did the whole kind of, I did a, you know, big expensive sort of ridiculously rash thing, get the urist, you know, it was all gorgeous and blah, blah, blah. And we got to this hotel and it was it was horrible it was gross it was it was terrible and um and the whole the whole weekend was awful and then she was sick and oh it was just it was just everything that could have gone wrong the fireworks didn't go off um you know even down to that it was just everything was just all wrong it just everything went wrong it was a disaster it was a disaster holiday and so i wrote i wrote a letter and said this was awful and I, 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 I'm just so disappointed and upset. And they sent me by return a teddy. I think it was a Pooh Bear teddy and a set of colouring pens and an email for when I go again. Well, that was it. <laughs> it was good. I wrote like a three-page letter back. Then they told me that there were fireworks. With I your went, crayons, I'm not you're six, yeah, obviously. I sent them back. I sent them back. I returned it. <laughs> I sent them back. And then I found out that the CEO of... Disney Europe was someone I'd been in Gypsy with in America when I was like, it's on. <laughs> I mean, it was madness. It was madness. A small world, pardon the pun. You know, you might have to see somebody again. You might have to work with them again. You might have to cross them in the street again. I will always give somebody yeah. the opportunity to go, that was a moment. How do we move on from this? How do we recover from this? But if somebody has really done something that has got my goat and then the, 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 the spark has lit... Yeah, don't, don't come near me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The championship season is over and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. 
and hit subscribe. And last but not least, we have Les Dennis, a comedian, a presenter, a quiz show legend, an actor, and all-round showbiz stalwart. He's been in the industry for over 50 years now, and here shares the value of resilience in the wake of, well, nine years of being hacked by national newspapers, as well as the tragic death of his comedy partner, Dustin G, diving into how those experiences have more than shifted his perception and definition of success. I wanted to drill into the expression, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I wonder when and how that's been true for you, because I think sometimes we have to do difficult things or go through uncomfortable periods in our lives to become a better person, to live ultimately a better life. So when has that been the the case for you over your almost 70 years? Gosh, um, you know what? I I love that that phrase, and it did come up up a lot when, uh, you know, when I was at the the height of the storm with marriage, with press um, attention. Um, I was hacked for nine years. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, found out when when we um, looked into it that I was, you know, there was was uh, people hacking me for nine years, and I was then... Um, which is which which really does um, knock you off your feet, doesn't it? Because suddenly you have to roll back over those nine years and unpick the paranoia, the friendships you that you cut, the relationships that you you, you froze and walked away from. <laughs> you were always told a close friend says you always you, when you read things about yourself and you thought no, I, didn't I didn't know that. that. And it's always a close friend says, and that was what, how they masqueraded what they were doing by by hacking, by you know getting into your voicemails. You know that's how they did it. They they got they didn't they didn't hack your phone. Um, they used to apparently um, they would have two phones and they would phone you, and while you were answering, that then with the second phone phone and get you into your voicemail because at a time when it wasn't even while you were answering they just tied that line up so that ultimately when they made the call on the second device it went straight to voicemail and then they would just take a guess at what your phone password or passcode could be and then bang they're in i mean you're right i mean listen i had it as well right nine years it's a long time i echo every one of those years les and you know people say oh well you know it's something you asked for it isn't something we asked for you know and it was intrusive and it was it was hard to deal with so you know that phrase um it you know that does it was nietzsche wasn't it was it nietzsche that said that you makes you stronger yeah. is, is a, a great one. But the one that I cling to is the opening line from um, the book, The Go-Between. The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. Hmm. So, so, well, you know what? That was then. This is now. And I look forwards rather than trying to um, look back. And, and then, but when I do look back, I'm, I can say, well, it didn't kill me and it made me stronger. Yeah. And I think often the fear of what 
could go wrong is often worse than when it does go wrong. Because when it does go wrong, you have no choice. You you can't let, where, lay awake at night fretting about what's ifs and maybes. You've just got to get on with getting through, right? And I think sometimes that is the bit where the strength comes because you're not dead. It didn't kill you. No. And, you know, you have to pick yourself up. Sometimes it's, it's not an impossible, depending on what your experience. But ultimately, I think that's where we extract value from life because that's where we learn. Yes, it is where it is where we learn. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and and I do feel stronger. I, you know, sometimes you kind of you look back and think that what, what did I do when there were when there were six cars parked outside my house every day from six in the morning until six at night, and when I was going to um, to to be in uh, in Chicago playing the cuckolded husband and there were you know there were press bouncing off uh, off my off cars um you know it was it was a crazy time it was a crazy crazy time and i thought did i murder somebody no my marriage is in trouble um but it was it was at a time when the press were fascinated with 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 it was and and it, it, it was out of proportion, you know. Yeah, and in places we know that there was illegal news gathering taking place on an almost daily basis yeah. around characters like yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's not easy to live with. But I think, you know, prior to that, Les, you'd also had to find huge resolve. You know, be it as a young kid that dies on stage. <laughs> And has to keep going, be it as yeah. the young man that finds the right comedy partner, and for two and a half years you two fly high, and then he 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 drops dead. Yeah, you know those um, moments must have required huge resolve for you. They did absolutely. You know, Dustin was living; he knew he was on borrowed time. He had a condition called cardiomyopathy, which is. Really? Um, enlarged heart muscle and he lived his life you know in those last two and a half years when we were together he lived it absolutely to the fullest and enjoyed it and didn't want to give up didn't want to slow down um and he actually was there when when tommy cooper died and we were there i remember i went for dinner with uh, with dustin and nina mishkov afterwards and we were all in shock um, and Dustin said, that's the way I want to go. I want to die with my boots on. And then two years later, he collapsed in uh, backstage in uh, pantomime. Uh, he'd come off stage. Um, we were laughing and joking. He came off stage. He held his left arm and he looked at me and said, I think I'm dying. And he collapsed. And he went, um, uh, our company manager, Basil Hopa, gave him uh, mouth to mouth and he was in a coma for two days. Um, I went to see him. He, he squeezed my hand. He didn't, he didn't wake, but he woke and, and talked to his mum and his sister uh, on the 3rd of January, 19, when was it? 1986. Um, and, and, and then, and then slipped away. Um, so he, yeah, I, and the result that then I had to go, okay, well, that rug's been pulled from under me. I've lost my best friend. He was my best friend at that time. Absolutely. 
and and my comedy partner um and and i then went on stage the next day and had to prove to audiences that i could do it on my own you know i i knew that i could because i'd always been a solo act for years and years but i had to prove that i i could go forwards and that's why when i said that he left me with a legacy he really did he left me with that chance and that opportunity to show that i could do it and family fortunes came along and then that uh, that carried on for 16 15 16 years so yeah but you have had to at points completely recalibrate reinvent reconfigure call it what you like and it's exhausting to keep doing that but also it can be utterly thrilling because we live a long life now or or being well some people don't want to do the same thing from the age of sort of 18 19 20 till the day that they retire you know, and I'm one of those people. I like to have a tapas career, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I like that. I like that. I don't want to eat the same sandwich every day. I don't want to do the same job every day. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I, I've been lucky enough to do. I, you know, and, and for a time I used to say, oh, jack of all trades, uh, master of none. Mm. I think what I say is jack of all trades, master of some. So I do think that there are some that I have proved that I, you know, uh, I'm worthy of that position. I think we all have imposter syndrome in this in this business. It's so easy to doubt yourself. Um, Ruthie and I were talking about that the other day. She's a wonderful, wonderful talent and a wonderful woman, but she's as insecure as we all can be at times. You should interview Ruthie. She's a great, great... Absolutely. But you hear it in so many of the guests that come on here, and I, you know, and I, I say it myself, you know, and I think you, it gets to a stage where you've been doing it for decades, right? As as have I, but you've you've got a few more decades on on, on your CV than I have, Les. But after a while, you start to think, well, maybe that's that's that for me is success now. The fact that I'm still able to do it, yeah. I'm still here. That yeah. I'm not that I'm not that awful that I've been kicked to the curb. Thanks so much for joining me for another trip to the cellar. If you'd like to hear any of these episodes in full, just search for the guest names in our extensive back catalogue, where you'll find over 300 episodes. Today, you've been regaled by Dame Christopher Biggins, Bonnie Langford and Les Dennis. I'll be back on Friday with another brand new guest. Until then, thanks for your company. Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it? 
to the Premier League and who will be left heartbroken at Wembley. Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg and in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs and share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app and hit subscribe.